Good morning. Everyone's awake. I could tell by that good morning. That was a good good morning. So I'm going to start us out in prayer this morning, and we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 3, so maybe get your mind moved in that direction, and I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, as we come together this morning, we're going to be talking about praying for one another. Something that I would say many of us do every day. We pray for a relative, a friend, maybe someone across the world. Lord, today, let us look into your word in Ephesians chapter 3 to the letter Paul wrote to the church. Let us look in that and see what our motivation should be and what we should pray for when we pray for others. There's many different prayer requests that we get asked all week. Lord, help us to be faithful that when we say we're going to pray, to pray. Lord, help us as we we dig into your word, that the words would not be my words, but would be your words working through me. Lord, help us to see the, the way that Paul loved his friends, the Ephesians. Help us to have friendships that are like that. That are passionate in our concern and our prayer for others. We say all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So I'd like to welcome you this morning to our Sunday service. Like I said, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 3. You can follow along in the app. There's a a little link you can click there um, to the notes. The series that we're in is called Friendology. So friend, and then the study of friends, or friendship. So ology, Siri just talked to me. I can't even believe this. Somehow Siri picked up my voice. So all of a sudden the screen was black. It was scaring me. So the question we're all going to have someday is how do we treat one another? We, We wake up in the morning, and we make a decision when we wake up that we're going to treat other people a certain way. Maybe we grew up in a home where sarcasm was common. Maybe we grew up in a home where everyone spoke so kindly of each other but never really got the time for honesty. And there's a lot of things that we just stuff down. We're going to answer that question today, but we're going to answer it by just focusing specifically on prayer, praying for one another. I call this message prayers of a friend because Paul is praying for his dear friends. And so there's a few things... I want you to think about, because everyone in this room, okay, actually, I want, I'm going to do a poll. How many people have zero connection to social media during their week? You are very lucky. I love the people that just raised their hand, so here's why. Because you see multiple times on social media, there's a feed, and on the feed, there's people asking for prayer, but then they say, oh, just pray for something. And I'm like, What? What am I supposed to pray for? Pray for me. Okay, I'll pray for you by name, but I have no idea what's going on. And then you have that post asking for prayer multiple times. And then when something tragic happens, recently there was, there was multiple different shootings. And even people without faith in a God, any God, say, I'm praying for you. Or my thoughts are with you. When you say you're praying for someone, do we actually pray for them? It might, you might not be like me, but praying for long periods is very difficult. When you actually sit down, kneel, 
stand and pray for long periods of time, your thoughts drift and you get distracted, maybe by the scores of a game. You keep checking your phone. Or maybe what meal needs to be made or what homework needs to be done. Or, or maybe it's just what's coming next and your mind drifts to that. You get the picture. We adventure in missing the point. We take adventures. When I say I pray, I do, at least I try to, otherwise I wouldn't be a man of my word. In the Ephesians here, in Ephesians chapter three, it starts in verse 14. I want, I want you to turn with me if you can to Ephesians chapter three, verse 14. The Ephesians here needed powerful prayers. And I think everyone that walked in this morning needs a powerful prayer. We all do. Are we willing to be the friend that goes to God for others, that intercedes on our behalf, on, on their behalf? Are we willing to be known as people of prayer? Like, if someone came up to you and they got to know you really well, would they say you're a person of prayer? Or maybe they'd say, man, they're really successful. They do it all on their own. People that pray for each other, do we want to be known for that? Pray for things that only God can do. And Paul's prayer for the Ephesians is a prayer that can only be described as one that we want to have prayed over us. If Paul wrote this for me, I would be the most excited person ever. But it is written for us, right? His focus and his request, Paul's request, can only be given by God. So turn with me to Ephesians 3. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. I'm just going to read verse 14 and 15 for right now. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. That's really simple. So he bowed. Paul is writing this to a church he was familiar with. He spent three years with this church. They were dear friends. He cared about their spiritual destiny. And when I, when I say this, some of you may be thinking, well, uh, Paul's a little different than me. He wrote half the New Testament. The problem is that's not true. You both have the Holy Spirit if you're following Jesus Christ. He was kneeling to pray because he was praying with passion. If you go to the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem, the Jews are kind of doing this. They pray at the Wailing Wall and they stand up and they kind of wave back and forth. I've seen videos of it. I've never been there, but because Jews pray standing up. So kneeling would be an in, in indicate that there's a passion, there's an extraordinary event happening, and Paul was a man of prayer that talked about how much he was on his knees, and now he's kneeling for the Ephesians. Think of other events in the New Testament. Jesus goes to the Garden of Gethsemane. He goes to the Garden of Gethsemane. He gets on his knees to pray. Paul, actually, in Acts chapter 20, prays for the Ephesians, the same church, when he leaves them on his knees, when they commission them on the missionary various missionary journeys, he's on his knees as they lay hands on him. What was the reason Paul was bowing on his knees? Why was he so passionate? And it comes down to, to the simple fact of the good news of Jesus Christ. He believed that, he, that, that Jesus was going to do something miraculous, something, something that only God can do in the Ephesian church. This prayer here that follows those first two verses is the most quoted prayer in the entire New Testament. You can look online. There's like version app. There's different places. It's the most beautiful prayer that shows the expanse of, of God's love. So there's two noticeable reasons here. There's, there's two things we can notice. 
One, the first is, is because of the impact of the gospel in his life. If Paul wasn't impacted by the good news of Jesus Christ, he wouldn't even pray. He would be praying, and, and maybe, maybe to be religious, maybe because he just wanted to, but if, if the impact of the gospel, he wouldn't pray for others the way he is. He's on his knees because of the word of God. So if you've been impacted by the good news of Jesus Christ, that's your first reason for prayer, to pray for others. If you're gonna be a good friend, you start praying for others because of the impact. Second, because of his relationship with God the Father. If you notice how he words things, it's very clear that he's going to the Father, the creator God, the Father of his children, us, the children of God. So when my wife and I wanna talk about something important, we talk about our kids. We get excited about our kids. Like, my daughter just started kindergarten. It's exciting. Grandparents, I know the first thing you think of when you're talking to other people is, I wanna talk about my grandkids. So much fun, it's exciting. You see the stages in life and you get really excited, right? Paul was praying because he knew he was loved by God the Father. That he was excited that people were coming to faith. He was excited about his children. And so the other children of God he was praying for were just as valued and important to him as his own salvation. And that's why he's praying with passion. We can't let circumstances define how we see other people. We know that God the Father is their father too. He loves them no matter their choices, no matter the hurt, no matter the pain they've inflicted on us and others. But that's hard. There's no obstacle that the love of God shown through Jesus Christ can't overcome. And that's something we, we forget. Because when we're praying for others, do we pray with passion because Jesus has changed us and because we know that God is our Father and loves us? that loves his children. Did you come this morning? And I know we're having baptisms today, so I'm seeing faces, I'm seeing family members, and I, people I know. And, and Did you come this morning living a life of joy, knowing that God loves his children, of which you are one of them? If you didn't, I'm here to tell you something this morning, that God loves you, no, no matter what anyone has said to you, it's really easy to listen to what other people say about you, but when God says this about you, no matter what you've been through, no matter what choices you made, you have a heavenly father that loves you more than your earthly father ever could. My, my dad passed away years ago, but I know that his love for me the whole time he was on this earth could never compare to the love my heavenly father has for me. And that's why Paul started praying for his friends. Paul continues this prayer and gives us three major prayers for one anothering. For, for being a good friend. We all want to be good friends, right? But sometimes it's really hard. And we're going to notice from Paul's prayers that they're not what we generally pray for. They're not things that we think of. But he shows us what true friends do. So turn back with me to Ephesians chapter 3. I'm going to read verse 16 through 19. That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power 
through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints that is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That's a pretty, that's a lot really quick. When I read through this, I was like, wow, Paul, I wish I could write a prayer like that. And I'm sure some of you think like that. Well, I'm going to tell you today, you can. Because that's why we have the word of God. It's there right in front of us to be able to be applied. And so there's three observations I have here. First, friends pray for strength for their friends. Friends pray for strength for their friends. And this is a different type of prayer. Paul prays for the Ephesians. And he prays for strength from the Holy Spirit. We all need strength in this life. And, and so this prayer that he's doing can only be described as supernatural because if God doesn't show up through his Holy Spirit, then the prayer is not answered. It's, it's as simple as that. He's asking for God to give them Jesus in their hearts through faith. He's asking for something that is messy because it's not external change. We can see you know, I came back this summer and people make comments like, man, you look really good. You lost a lot of weight. I'm like, thanks. That's external change. You can do that. Paul's praying for this. He's praying for your heart. He's praying for something totally different that you can't quantify, that you can't put on, on some, some poster board and make a graph. Well, I noticed that John's heart is changing. You can't do that. Paul's praying for something so much deeper. That's his love for his friends. He's praying for his friends in such a way that we can't, can't identify or, or attribute it to or show that the cause is anything but God. I think some of our prayers are too small at times. They're for things that we think can happen. Not for things that we know God wants to happen. We think they can happen versus knowing that God wants it to happen. If God is who he says he is, he has infinite power. And that prayer is access to that. Second, second observation is friends pray for their friends to love others. Don't you want your friends to take care of people around them and love them well? Paul's asking God to grant the Ephesians in agape love for each other. And I mentioned this word agape last week. Agape love is a supernatural love that willingly gives up your rights and preferences for another person's behalf. I mentioned last week too, as a parent, that's the battle every day, right? As a grandparent, that's a battle every day. As a person in school, a classmate, that's a battle every day. That's something we're all in a battle with. And so we need to pray for each other to have that kind of love for each other. The prayer is very specific. It talks about this love being rooted and grounded. If something is rooted in the ground, if something is grounded, 
It's got a foundation, it's solid. But the problem is many times the love that we're praying for people or the love that we exhibit is not really rooted in much of anything. It's more by circumstance. And so this is so much deeper. If it's not your foundation for friendships and relationships, it's all gonna come back to what's in it for me. What's in it for me? This might be different for some of you or maybe it's something that you've never experienced, but I remember in college, I had friendships that were friends that only wanted me for certain things. You know, like, hey, if you're gonna buy my lunch, I'll go to lunch with you. Well, thanks, I guess. Or, hey, if you're going here, yeah, I'll go with you, can you pay for me? Do you notice the theme? Like, that, it's what's in it for me, and that's the difference. If I didn't give them what they wanted, they didn't wanna be my friend. So our prayers for others need to be rooted and grounded in love. Praying for others with this agape love is a lifestyle of love in your life. It's not just something that's on the surface. It's got to be something that you ask God to change your heart first. It's absolutely critical. Love, think, think about this for a second. Love grows on the grave of your selfish desires. It grows on the grave of your selfish desires. It blooms like a flower when we die to our desires for the sake of others. It, 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 it takes root when we sacrifice with agape love for others. That's when you're rooted, is when you make sacrifices. So are you rooted this morning? If not, what's God telling you? To be and to, to, to do for love to take root in your life. The hardest thing on Sunday morning for me is I've got a few things I gotta do before service. So I go back here and in the green room we have a little meeting and I gotta be there like 15 minutes before service and people stop me and they ask me how I'm doing. And what do we say in church when we say how we're doing? I wanna hear it, come on. What do we say? Good, right? But are we really good? And so when, when love is rooted in your life, we're called to go beyond this superficiality, this, this fakeness. And we're called to pray for others to have that supernatural agape love for us that comes through Jesus Christ. The follow-up question, how you're doing, someone says good, and you, you can tell that they're not good, is how are you really? That's the questions we need to ask when we're praying for each other. How are you really doing? When we see a post on Facebook, Instagram, how are you really doing? What is going on? And so we get to the third thing. And this is the thing that we should all pray for each other. I pray it over the church commonly. I'm, uh, this, is, this is one of the things I pray. Friends pray for God to fill their friends with the love of Jesus. Friends, pray for each other. Pray for God to fill their friends with the love of Jesus. Paul first asks for their horizontal love to be magnified, or horizontal love with each other. In verse 17, and now in verse 18 and 19, he asks for that vertical love of Jesus to fill us, to fill them. Prayer here, the, the, the prayer here talks about the magnitude of the love that God has through Jesus for us. It's hard to actually grasp that. Because it's one thing for me to say, I love my wife and I love my kids. 
But it's a whole nother thing for the God of the universe that created every single one of us that is sitting here right now, standing here right now, watching right now, to say he loves us. It's, it's so much greater. And that's why it says there's this breadth, this length, this height, this depth of the love of Jesus that surpasses all knowledge. Anything we could know for our entire lives, the love of Jesus is greater than that. There's more information. There's so much. How many times has he forgiven a wrong that I've committed? You ever do something that someone else was hurt by and you don't even know you did it? How many times did God forgive you for that? How many times did he love you despite making a poor decision? Because God, his love is so much greater than we realize. This love that I'm talking about is wide enough to embrace the entire world. Some of you may hear that and go, what? John 3.16, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish and have eternal life. God's love is long enough to last forever. 1 Corinthians 13.8, his love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. His love is forever. So when you're praying for the fullness of God's love in other people, don't forget these. There's, his love is high enough to take sinners to heaven. 1 John 3, 1, see what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. He's the one who said that you're the child of God. We didn't say that. He did. His love is deep enough to take Jesus to reach the lowest sinner. The lowest sinner. Philippians 2.8, it says, this is about Jesus. Being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Paul's prayer for his friends is that they would comprehend that Jesus' love is infinite. It's not something that has some measurement that we can make it's, a, it's an impossible task to completely comprehend the love of God. That doesn't mean that we don't seek after his word. Because once you know and you have a taste of that love, you want more. You know, all this talk of, of different addictions and things in this world, I'd rather each of you leave here and say, I'm addicted to the word of God, I need it every day, than anything else. But it's life-giving. The word of God is life-giving. Take time to think and meditate on his love. Spend time realizing how God's brought you somewhere. If you've ever experienced a car crash, and right after the car crash where you're kind of in shock, no matter how small or big the crash is, the question I asked myself, I got rear-ended in 2011 by a Ford Expedition, and I was in a Ford 500, a sedan, big car. And I remember kind of stumbling out of the car. The car behind me was going 45. I was stopped. And I was like, God, why did you spare me? What happened? If you ever have to ask that question, it's because God's got a purpose for you and because he loves you. And you had that experience. For me, it was kind of a wake-up call. It was on Thanksgiving Day, you know, and I'm on a backboard in the emergency room. A lot of us would say that's not really a good reason to be thankful for. 
But people obviously were praying for me in that moment. My, my wife's whole family was at Thanksgiving going, oh no, John's in the hospital, let's pray. That's the first thing they thought of doing. And in that moment, what do people pray for? The physical needs. What I needed was the opportunity on that backboard to be able to, to be a witness to the doctor I was with, to the nurse that came in, to the people around me of God's grace because I was still alive. So here's the so what. So what does this mean for us? As, as we go through our week, how can we pray for each other? Why are we praying for each other? This is what's important. We pray for others because of the impact of the good news of Jesus Christ and being children of God. If you walked in this morning and you didn't know that you're a child of God, well, let me tell you, you are a child of God and he loves you. Don't run from him. Don't walk out that door and leave without knowing that you are loved. Paul felt the love. If you read earlier in Ephesians chapter three, he found the gospel, the good news, and he was so excited, he got on his knees and prayed for the Ephesians. Maybe some of us just need to pray on our knees this week. Maybe we need to write some names down that we know need prayer. And we don't know what to pray for them, so we can pray these three things right here. Second, so what? We pray for others to have strength from the Holy Spirit, agape love for others, the selfless love for others, and to be filled with the love of Jesus. Think of people that need that. Guess what? I need that. Pray for me. Pray for my wife. Pray for my family. Pray for the leaders of our church in that end. Pray for each other. If you don't know what to pray for someone, pray these three things. It's simple. And guess what? God's calling some of you to pray for your enemy, those things over them. Because it's really hard to be angry with someone, frustrated, hurt by someone, when you're praying for them in that capacity. I can tell you, while I was on sabbatical this summer, the one thing that I knew was going to magnify the opportunities I'd have as a person to reach others with the gospel of Jesus Christ was prayer. I'm an extrovert. I can talk to anybody anywhere. It's just how God made me. But I started realizing that when I'm not in prayer, I'm just operating by my flesh. I'm operating by, I've got this ability that God's given me and I'm just gonna use it, but I'm not even going to God to ask him how to use it. And maybe some of us need to ask how. How can I pray these things over others? Who can I pray for? Who do I need to speak up and say, I'm praying for you for strength from the Holy Spirit? Because I, I just get the sense that you're not settled right now. You have no peace. Who are you going to go up to and say, I really want to help you, but I don't know how to help you? but I've got a couple hours and I just want to do something to help, help your family or help you. Who are you going to say, I just get the sense that you've really hit rock bottom 
And you really, 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 really need to understand that God loves you. And I'm here to pray for you. Who are those people? So I'm gonna, I'm gonna have Neil come up. I'm gonna interview Neil a little bit about this, praying for one another. But I'm gonna have you guys do something right now first. If you have a bulletin, there is a prayer tag in your bulletin. And some of you are not pen people. Well, guess what? There's one pen in every row, I bet. I'll bet money on that. Write your name on the prayer tag on one side. Just write your name on one side. If you don't have a bulletin, there's prayer tags by the wall out there. Write your name on this prayer tag. We're gonna do something a little different. We're gonna ask everyone to take another person's prayer tag. And maybe you're visiting because baptisms or whatever and you're like, oh, I don't know what to do. And the person might not get prayed for. Drop it back off with the friend you came with next week because we do want to continue to pray for one another. But we need to pray for those three things. What I'm going to ask you is trade the tag with someone else. You get someone else's name and then pray over them those three things. Strength from the Holy Spirit, that they would have an agape love, a, a selfless love for others and that they would be filled with the fullness of the love of God. This week, trade the tags. If you don't find someone to trade with, you can always come up front and we can always do a little trading thing up here. We used to do that when I played cards, you know, like you have like collectible cards, you know, you got a trading circle and you kinda. But I wanna, I wanna talk with Neil here. And Neil has been profoundly impacted by the power of prayer. Neil is, uh, a high school teacher at Fremont. He coaches 15 sports, and uh, he also reads just as voraciously as I do, those of you that find that funny. So Neil, we talked about your summer a few times, you and I have. Can you tell me why your summer was so good? What, what was different about this summer than any other? Well, I am a teacher, so. Yes, yeah, there we go. I'm a teacher, so the, I have two months off in the summer, and that's always been a time of refreshment for me. This summer, I just didn't have as much stuff planned, and that was nice. So I got to spend time with family. That's what made it so special. And besides spending time with more time with my wife, my kids, my dad, who happened to be in the hospital but got better, and we had to stay with them, I also spent a lot of time. I was able this summer, maybe more than most, to be more disciplined in uh, spending time with the Lord in the morning. Um, and not having a deadline now, I've got to get to school at a certain time. And even though in the past I've had time, I just haven't used it as wisely. And so that, that was been a, just the morning was a great time to, to reflect for me and to think back and to, uh, and to grow closer. So you mentioned reflecting each morning. How, how does that lead to praying for one another? Well, I think in the morning is usually, or when I reflect is when the Holy Spirit speaks to me about what's Holy Spirit speaking to you about people, right? I mean, that's, a, that, that's like, what? who have you offended? Who do you need to make something right with? Who do you need to be talking to? Um, I mean, just everything. And as you read scripture, you're convicted of thing, people you need to pray for, things that you need to do. At least that's how it works in my life. And, and uh, just having the time to do that and let the Holy Spirit um, speak to me as I'm, as I'm sitting there. And I can't tell you, I don't 
I need to have paper and pencil by where I read at because I'm always writing things down and you know, some of it's just things I got to get done today and then I don't want to think about it so I write it down so I remember it. But other things are just, just letting the Holy Spirit speak to you during the day of the, of the ways that the people that you need to, to be praying for. That is a great practical way of doing things. Write down things you need to do that day rather than losing your focus on what yeah. you're doing. I really appreciate that. Uh, so Neil, how do you think the church can be more of a praying church? How are we going to apply the message today? How can we apply that? I've just been convicted. Steve, uh, as he spoke to us this summer, has convicted me of, of just continuing to pray for people's spiritual needs as, as much or more as their physical needs. Um, physical needs are important. We need to keep praying for those, but continue to, the, the, the people in my life that um, I pray for, I try to pray for them, you know, like the message was awesome today about what we need to be praying for people for, just love, you know. I know when I, when I start a new school year, uh, if you teach or if you even any job doesn't have to be a teacher, there's always one or two people that are really hard to love, that who you're working with or who you're teaching. I mean, that's just almost impossible for that not to happen, right? And I've already prayed that this year with, you know, there's a couple students, Lord, it's got to be you loving them because it's not going to be me. I just, <laughs> you know, and so confessions of a teacher. <laughs> that's, that's uh, super important. Um, I want to show Christ's love to everyone I come in contact with, not just, you know, the ones that are easy, but the ones that are a little more difficult too. So um, I think that's important. I think for us as a church, I would love to see the prayer wall out there used more. I would love for you to feel like you could write down your prayer request, whether it's a fierce physical one or a spiritual one, or, you know, you got people in your life that you'd like to see come to Christ. Um, write, write those down, put those on the wall and, and, you know, then as you see them on the wall, take them for a week and pray for them or a few days or whatever. Um, and just, you know, I would, as elders, that's one of our, our goals is to be more of a praying church. And that's one of the things that we want to see happen because we don't feel like we've led in, in the greatest way for us to be a praying church. So I would encourage you to do that. Well, Neil, I think you have some great application there. I mean, as far as consistently praying, a time of reflection, you know, getting distractions out of the way. You described writing things down so you're getting distractions out of the way. And I am just thankful that your summer was the way it was because you said at one point that if things hadn't happened and they weren't positive things, right, then you wouldn't have spent as much time with family and as much time reflecting in prayer. So I'm just thankful for that. And sometimes sometimes we miss why we're praying for each one another. And so that, that really comes back to those three things, strength from the Holy Spirit, agape love for others, and to be filled with the love of Jesus. And Neil, I know you're planning on leaving, but, but I'm going to pray for you because I think, I think this is just, it's just amazing what I just heard. Heavenly Father, I just pray for Neil. Um, I pray for his leadership. I pray for his opportunity in his school. Um, Lord, God, please help. Help us love others with the love of Jesus Christ. Help us love with this agape love, this selfless love. Lord, I am, I am thankful that, that we are a church that wants to seek your word and wants to love others well. Lord, I pray for Neil this year. I pray for those that are teachers, administrators. I pray for all of them. I pray, Lord, just that you would grant them grace and mercy, grant them perseverance, and grant them the fullness of the love of Jesus Christ. We say all this in Jesus' name.